Thank you for taking the time to listen. Church Hurt is real. We would like to hear your story to help others who have been abused in church. Only when we speak up can we begin to heal from the pain. Please send your story confidentially to the email witminyahoo.com. Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. Sister Jackie, can you just open us in prayer? Heavenly Father, we certainly thank you today for the opportunity to come before you to learn of your word, Lord. We ask that you open our eyes and open our ears to receive the word that is coming. Help us to understand this, Lord, so we can walk the way that you would have us to walk in your word, Lord. Bless each one here, each one on the line, Lord, that we grow together in learning of you in order to glorify your name as we live on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. <clears throat> Sunday, we had a lot of fun. We were talking about David and, and Goliath, and this Sunday we're going to wrap it up. And um, I just want to give more background about David and Goliath because there was a lot of things that happened, a lot of things that we skipped. And we're going to discuss some things, but we're going to start... And, you know, and then we're going to go to where these events happened so we can uh, discuss these things about Goliath. We know that David was the anointed king of Israel, that Saul had got rejected. And we're going to go find out what happened. How did Saul get rejected? When, when did he get rejected? What brought about his rejection? Because God is, 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 is what I see with God is he's always preparing you for something down the road that you can't see. So you need to be obedient in the moment. And when you're not obedient in the moment, you'll, you won't align yourself with what he wants to do with you down the line. You'll still get there, but it may be more difficult than it had to be. Okay, And that's the situation with Saul and most leaders. It's like we want to go in front of God versus just sitting back, resting in God and going with the flow of God. And even with the church, we don't want to get ahead of what the Holy Spirit is doing in the earth realm today. Okay, and so we read these stories where we see uh, uh, men who are chosen by God, who are anointed by God into an assignment. Back then, God would anoint you, and you're normally anointed to assignment. Saul got anointed as king; he got anointed to an assignment to be a king. But then his disobedience caused him to fail as king. David, a man after God's own heart, was anointed the king. But then we gonna find out even David failed. Well, all this is a setup for something down the road, which is a better king, which is Jesus, who will never fail you. And so we look at their failures and just look at ourselves and say, we can fail just like them. There's no difference between them and us. 
Only thing we got different is we got Jesus and the Holy Spirit that's supposed to guide us into all truth. But you got a free will to either obey what you learn through the word of God or disobey. All right. So what I want to start is in uh, Frida, look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. The, the statement that talks about uh, him being rejected. Read verse 1, just verse 1. Coming from the NASB. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. Okay, stop right there. Now, we see the rejection of Saul. We talked about that. Rejection brings opportunity, normally for somebody else. The plan for David came upon rejection. David is a young man. We know that when God chose him, he didn't choose the older brothers. He chose the younger brother. And we got a saying in the Bible where it tells us, the older shall serve the younger. We found that also. Where else in the Bible? Does anybody know where you find the younger one serving, being the ruler over the older brothers? Where else do we find that at? Jacob and Esau. Okay. And whatever. That's good. Where else? There's one more place. There's another place. There's another place. Where, where else? Think about the stories of the Bible. Where else do we find a younger brother who goes into the captivity and then saves his older brother? Joseph. Joseph. Even though Joseph wasn't the youngest, it was his older brothers that put him into slavery. Okay? So God has no respect or person. And what God says is, Tradition normally is, in most families, the older one normally is the one that's selected. The older one is the normally one that will be the one chosen. Even with Jesus, he was the older one. But God is not subject to our, our predispositions to what we call tradition. Okay? He does what? What he want to do. He's sovereign. And that's the key. All right? So we got the rejection of Saul. Saul was a king that was good looking and tall. And what tribe was he from, Frida? You should know this. What tribe was he from? Uh, Benjamin. Benjamin. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. Thank you. Okay. What's special about the Benjamites? They were fighters. And what hand did they use? The left. The left hand. They were left-hand fighters. Okay. They were left-hand fighters. Good, good. Now, we got the rejection, but let's go back. Let's see what, how did he end up getting rejected? Well, we need to go back to Exodus. Go to Exodus. Go to Exodus chapter 17. Go to Exodus chapter 17. Okay. Frida, start at verse 8. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out. Fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill and the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. Mm -hmm. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. So now we have a situation where as as long as the man of God's hands was up in the worshiping position, the Israelites were winning. The minute his hands fell down, 
they would start losing, okay? So they're in a dilemma. A man can only hold his hands up for so long, he's going to need some help. Same thing with us. We can only go so far, we're going to need some help. So it's, all, it's about everybody. It's just not about Moses. And Moses got to understand, I, sometimes you're going to need some help. You know, I know some of you guys are so prideful that you got your hands up and they keep falling down. And really all you need is to ask somebody to help you. And I'm using that as a, an analogy to just life. It's okay to ask for help. A closed, mind, a closed hand don't get nothing in it. And a closed mouth don't get fed. Okay? But our pride kicks in and we walk around, I don't need nobody help. Or the, the reverse pride, I just don't want to bother nobody. That's reverse pride. That's, re that's, 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 that's reverse humility. Because we're all supposed to be here for one another. So there's no problem that you guys could have that we should not be able to handle. Now, you might not go to everybody, but there should be somebody in this body of your local body that you could go to and say, I need some help. And maybe they're the one who come to the past and say, you know, so-and-so don't want to come to you, but they need some help. We'll help them without necessarily messing with their pride. But we need to know what goes before the fall? Pride. Okay? So if Moses was proud and said, you know, get away from me. I'm Moses. You remember, I'm the one who helped part the Red Sea. Right now, he needed help, and God showed him right then and there. You need help. So keep reading. Let's see what happened. Exodus 17, 12. Okay, go ahead. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So this battle going on all day. First Moses was standing, had his arms up. But then what ends up happening is Moses, now they bring him what he needs, a stone. He sits on the stone. He sits on the stone and then they come and prop his hands up. Okay? He's resting on the stone. What is he resting on? What's the stone we rest on? Jesus. On Jesus. Okay? He resting on the rock. And his hands are up. And they've been held up by his brothers in Christ. Okay? His brothers. Alright? Joshua and Ur. Okay? And we know that later Joshua's going to go on to be the leader. So God is preparing Joshua in humility and servitude. To be something later, but Joshua just want to serve because he wants his he wants the Israelites to win. All right, go ahead. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek uh -huh. and, and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven." So God is telling him now, write this in a book, make it plain. Give it to Joshua. I am going to get rid of the nation of the Amalekites and remove them from under heaven. All right. This is the pronouncement of God on the nation of, of uh, the Amalekites. The Amalekites. Okay. Go ahead. Moses built an altar and named it, the Lord is my banner. And he said, the Lord has sworn the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. So he just pronounced another sentence. The war, the Lord. Who's going to have a battle for the, against Amalek? The Lord. Right? Mm -hmm. 
Not Israel. He's going to use Israel to fight. But the Lord is going to have the battle against the Melekites. All right. So this is the Lord's battle. So if it's the Lord's battle, he has to be the one who carried the banner to go before them. Okay. And Moses is writing this down so they can understand how this is supposed to happen with these people. Okay. Same thing. What we supposed to learn is we supposed to go with the Lord before us to fight our battles. But it's a different kind of battle. All right. It's a different kind of battle. All right. It, it is a whole different kind of battle. It's not a battle against a flesh. It's not a battle against somebody. It's a battle against the, the, the sinful spirit in us. It's a battle against the old man in us. And it's the battle for our imaginations. And we're going to talk about that on Sunday. But there is a battle to be fought. But we got the example of God saying, I'm going to destroy these people who want to destroy my people. And I'm, a, I, and I'm definitely going to do it. Now, when God says that, he doesn't necessarily mean he's going to do it right then and there. But if God makes a pronouncement, he's going to get it done. Now, we're going to find out how, how real God meant a couple of hundred years later. All right, go ahead, read. Uh, chapter 18. Now, Jethro, the priest of Midian. Well, not, let's stop there. So we're done. All right. So we know the setup. It's the Melekites. They fought. They're not annihilated yet. But God says he's going he gonna, to he gonna annihilate them eventually. Okay. Now, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. So the Amalekites are still around, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure y'all with me. Chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15. All right. Will y'all get it? Say amen. amen. All right. Free to go ahead. Then Samuel said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people. So now we got Saul being anointed as what? King over the people. He's anointed into the assignment of being king. Now remember, he got anointed to king because the people wanted him. God didn't necessarily want him, but we see that God sometimes and oftentimes and a lot of times with us, he will let us do what's wrong so he can guide us into what's right. That's called his permissive will. And it's perfect like his active will, meaning he will intervene and straight stuff out and don't, you know, don't don't consult no don't just just come in like a whirlwind. Yeah, but if we see in human nature with humans, he loves us so much, he allows you to make a mistake. Now you've got to remember the Israelites are his people. And they were begging for a king. Why were they why were they begging for a king? Because everybody, everybody else had one. Don't it sound like us? You want what everybody else has. What sin is that? Coveting. coveting. Thank you. Thank you. That is coveting. So you done broke, broke the law just by what some everybody else got. And you really don't want what everybody else has. You want the look of what everybody else has because you don't know what they had to do to get it. You don't, you don't know if they had to work hours to get it. Whatever it may be. You don't know what they had to go through to get it. Because whatever they got, it looks so well on them or look so well to you that you're not even caring about the consequences that you're going to have to go through to get what they have. Right. But if God don't want it for you, guess what? He'll let you go and buy that, that $50,000 car with a $700 a note that you're going to get repossessed in three months. And you're only making $10 an hour. He'll let you do that. He'll let you buy a car with your car note that's bigger than your house note. He'll let you do that. As saints of God, we're supposed to have good common sense and good stewardship. Okay? But that's his permissive will. And again, 
It's not that you're not supposed to make that decision. It's that God loves you so much, he will intervene when it's time to show you strong. And the key to the permissive will and understanding is when you're shown a, a, a area of correction by the word of God, because the word of God is for reproof, correction, and instruction, you change your direction and go in another in the opposite direction. And what do we call when we change our mind? What is that called? Repentance. Repentance. God, I'm sorry I didn't listen to you. I'm sorry I didn't follow good advice. I, I understand now where I made my mistake. I'm going to go in the opposite direction. But you know what? We so bullheaded. We just like Saul. Mm. Keep reading. Now, therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, mm -hmm. I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. So that's the battle we just read about in Exodus. Okay, so that's the correlation. God didn't remember. This is this hundreds of years later now, Sister K. Mm. This hundred. This is not like next week. Mm. This is hundreds of years later. Amalek probably didn't forgot, but God don't forget because He's not governed by time. Okay, Joshua dead and gone. Er dead and gone. This is a story to them. But they should already remember because it was written down that he was going to do that. You just never know when God going to fulfill his promise. Okay, go ahead. Now go and strike Amalek. Have you noticed the word God always say go? Here we go with that go again. He telling, he telling Saul, first assignment, go and strike Amalek. See, God, when he really assigned you some ministers and, and lay people, why are you sitting on it? What you waiting for? You waiting for the prophet to come tell you it's okay for you to go and God told you? Why would you listen to the lesser and the greater than told you to go? God laughs at them. I know he laughs. He's like, I done told them. Why are they going to who I made to verify what I done? Now, you can get verification, but don't commit, don't uh, 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 mistake the verification is not activation. If God tells you to go, you better get up and go. What did he tell Abraham? Go. What did he tell Moses? Go. They had nobody consult. Why would you need somebody to consult when you know it's God? When you know it's God. You ain't got to consult nobody but what we end up doing because of church tradition and the stuff we didn't got wrong in scripture, you think that you got to ask permission from your pastor to do anything. You got to be kidding me. They got clay feet just like you. They make mistakes just like you. What did, what did, let's go, let's, what did, when Samuel became the priest, became when he was a little boy and God was calling him, what did Eli tell him? Samuel thought Eli was calling him. He said, "Go." He said, "The first time, first time Eli say, Eli, hey, Master, did you call me?" He said, "No, man." And you have to admit, Eli was a fat man, so Eli probably rolled over with that pork chop in his. Well, not pork chop. He's Jew with chicken wing in it. And man, I ain't calling you. Go back to sleep. Then, it, then the third time he say, "Look, say this. Say, say, God, here I am." And with God. When next time he said, God, here I am, God told him, this is what you're going to do. This is who I'm going to make you. Now it's time for you to go. Mm -hmm. 
Okay? You still in this time had a connection to God, but we do not need to elevate our leaders to the point whereas you think they know more than you about the God that's in you. That is called cultism. That's called drinking the Kool-Aid. Yes, I have some advice. Yes, I try to make my advice scriptural, but if God told you, I'm not getting your way. But before I believe God told you, I'm going to find that pattern in scripture somewhere. I ain't just going to go off you telling me that. But you have a right to lead this, lead this fellowship. And I will never stop you because you have a right to because you came here free and you can leave here free. And I don't hold your, your faith with God in my hands. Now, I know they twist the scripture in the Bible where it talks about that these pastors and leaders have a, a, a charge over your soul. Charge over your soul don't mean I own your soul. What it means is I'm going to be held accountable for what I teach you. That's the charge I got. Not you got to listen to everything I say, do what I say. If you don't do what I say, you ain't going to be blessed. The devil is a lie. We're going to set some people free up in here, Sister Karen. Amen. Sister Jackie, we're going to set some people free up in here. People going to listen to me. I know you pastors going to be mad at me, but you do not run them people. Them are God's people. Until you realize they're God's people and you're just a servant of God's people and God. See, we got to do, I got to do a purpose. I'm the servant of God and I'm a servant to his people. Ministers, that's what we do. We serve God and we serve God's people. That's our job. That's it. All right. Go ahead, read, Freedom. Now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has and do not spare him, but put to death both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. So God just say kill everything. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Run through that list again. Mm -hmm. Man and woman. Child and infant. Child and infant. Mm -hmm. Child and babies. Now you got to remember he's doing that because they attacked his people. And then who else? Now let's go to the animals. Ox and sheep. Ox and sheep. Camel and donkey. Camel and donkey. A basically a bloodbath. God said destroy them. And the real, let's be honest. Some of us could stomach if God told us to do that. Let's just be honest with ourselves. That's a lot. But that is Saul's first assignment. Now, this is what I'm going to tell you, saints, especially you ministers. You better listen. Don't blow your first assignment. Don't blow your first assignment. And your first assignment is going to challenge you. Because either you're going to trust God with what he said, or you're going to do what you think. And we're going to see how someone ended up with Saul, doing what he thought he should do to honor God. Because we can wrap what we want to do in religious words and traditions. And we can say this is what we learned from somebody else. And they did it, so we should do it. The devil is a lie again. When God tells you to do something, you do it. But you know what? I got a bright idea, Sister Jackie. I got a bright idea, Mother. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do some of what God say. But then I'm going to do some of it my way. The only problem is God is not a my way, his way type of God. He's a his way or no way type of God. <laughs> he allowed me to do stuff my way, but then I got to pay the penalty because I made a decision and the decision of seeds and that seed going to grow up. If I do what God say, everything going to come up roses. 
If I mix God's decree with what I want and it's not what God said, a number we gonna come. First assignment, just go kill everybody. Okay, keep reading. Then Saul summoned the people and numbered them in Teliam, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. Hold up. That's a, almost a quarter of a million men plus Judah, 10,000 men of Judah. And we see kind of the separation begin between Judah and the rest of the tribes. Because that was interesting. He talked about 10,000, 20,000 men, but then he said 10,000 of Judah. I, I just caught that, you know, when I was reading it earlier, I was like, dang, he, God has separated Judah already. All right? Because you got to remember, he a Benjamite. All right? You know, he's a Benjamite. Go ahead. Saul came to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the valley. Saul said to the Kenites, go, depart, go down from among the Amal Amal Amalekites uh -huh. so that I do not destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the sons of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So that was the situation. We can go back and read that Read that for yourself. Go back when the Kenites actually helped Israel as they were wandering in the wilderness. Go ahead. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. They left. They knew what time it was. Okay? They knew what's about to happen. Go ahead. So Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah as you go to Shur, which is east of Egypt. So you're talking about a battle that raged for a couple of miles, for, 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 for about 20, 30 miles, okay? So you started in one place and you just kept killing, kept killing, kept killing. Go ahead. He captured Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. So I captured the king alive. What did, he what did, he tell, what did God tell him to do? Now, what he thinking is what? No, not the king. Because I wouldn't want that to happen to me. But that's not what God said. God didn't say to kill everybody but the king. He said kill everybody, including the king. But sometimes what happens is we get in a position ourselves. And we have mercy on something that God say destroy. Because we like, but we wouldn't want that to happen to us. And that's probably what he did. I'm making him human. That's probably what he did. And I want to show him off. I want to show that I captured the king based upon what God said. But God said he's going to destroy them. And God told you to destroy them. But you want a trophy. You want something you can show off. We're going to see how that worked. When you want to do something to show off. Your motive is wrong. But you're going to try to twist your motive, as you're going to see, to say, I did this for God. Hmm. Well, you know, Pastor, I didn't do what you asked me to do. But you know, I, I, did it, I did it for God. Okay, fine. But if it's not of God, you got to deal with the consequences. And so, do, so if, if it's not of God, I got to deal with the consequences. And a lot of times in the new dispensation we end of grace, you ain't got to worry about getting destroyed. But you're going to go to the woodshed. The Bible says he chastises those he loves. Okay? So you will get corrected. You might get spanked on. You might get sat. You, if you're preaching, you might get sat down. Take it as a learning experience. Don't get so in your feelings. Because that proves that your motive was wrong. You know, sometimes what the way, the way I come up, Bishop used to do stuff. That under a normal man's circumstance who's not called would get mad. But be, now I look back at it, I can say, well, you know what? 
He was testing my calling to see if I could handle rejection or if I can handle disappointment. But I didn't think of it as, as that. I didn't, it didn't cross my mind. He said, we're going to do this. And I'm all amped up to do this. And then he changed his mind when it's time to do it. He said, we're going to do that. I didn't never get upset. I'm like, okay. Because you're the one in charge. Okay? I'll do it. And I never did it with an attitude. But God was preparing me. You see, I didn't, I didn't flunk the first test. Okay? You know, for preachers, it's more like this. Uh, Minister K, you're supposed to preach Sunday, okay? You invite all your family members, cousins, everybody. They pile up in here, and next thing you know, you didn't, you sitting there, you got your good-looking suit on, and your hair done been whipped, and you ready to you ready, you ready to do your thing. And we didn't have praise and worship. We didn't have prayer. We didn't have all this stuff. And you sitting there, you are you kind of rocking with anticipation. And I get up and say, open open up your Bibles. <laughs> And you say, what? Your family members start grumbling. She supposed to be preaching today. She told us what, what's happening. Well, the problem is I'm testing her to see if she understands. She don't have no right to preach up in here. That's my job. Whenever I bestow that to them, that's a gift. But if I see that you think you earned it, guess what? You're going to sit down for a long time. You don't earn the right to preach. It is a grift of grace when your leader allows you to preach. Or even with me, I don't earn the right to be your pastor. That's a gift of grace. And I got to humbly accept the assignments. But I can't get so involved in myself where I think my whole thing, it's, a, it's all about me. And that's what the king is thinking. He, man, he want a trophy. He want to walk out with the King of the Year award. Look at it, I got a trophy. I got the King that God said He was gonna destroy. Now, just the fact you would say that is it lets you know you messed up. Okay, go ahead, read. He captured Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. So he killed everybody but the but but him, but the king. All right, we kings, we can't do that to each other. But I'm gonna make you a trophy though. I'm going I'm 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 to show you out before the people. Strip your butt naked and have you run around in circles. You know, that's what I'm going to do to you. I mean, because if you read about how they used to embarrass kings when they captured them, cut their hands off, all that kind of stuff. You know, pl pluck their eyes out. Yeah, so that's the kind of stuff they used to do to show who was really in charge. Put the, when you hear the word, put your foot on somebody's neck, that comes from biblical times. That shows that you conquered them. Okay, go ahead. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were not willing to destroy them utterly. The key to that act, that key word is not what? Willing. willing. You're going to do what you want to do. You're Think of how rebellious that is. That's rebellion. And the Bible says rebellion is like what? Witchcraft or divination. When you try to, when you try, when you do something like that, when you rebel against God and God's word, you are rebelling just like Goliath was a rebeller. Just like Satan was a rebeller. Just like we can rebel because we can be like the people, can't we? 
And didn't say Saul was by himself. Saul was pleasing the people too. They wasn't willing to put the king to death. So they wanted a trophy too. Look what we did, God. We spared him. We acting like you. You can't be God. You better pay attention how God moved. Okay, go ahead. But everything despised and worthless, that they utterly destroyed. So everything that nobody wants, they utterly destroyed. The, the good stuff you keep, that little lamb over there that's limping, destroy him. That one over there that's fat, keep him. That oxen right there that's real big and strong, keep him. That little scrawny one over there, destroy it. Take the people, destroy them, we're going to keep the king. Because we weren't willing to do what God has told us to do. So when the leader fails the assignment, guess what? The people fail too. Thank God we're not under the king thing no more. That's why you don't make your pastor your king. Because you're supposed to have the Holy Spirit in you to know if I'm doing something wrong, your job, is your obligation to God is to confront me. And if I can't give a legitimate answer, you're supposed to what do do? Head that door and get out of here. Get out of here. If you're not being taught, get out of here. Don't hold on to nobody's church because you got sentiment for it. If you're not being taught, let it go. This is like the receding hairline. Let it go. <laughs> go ahead, shave your head. You know, let it go. I don't care how many times you do this. It ain't coming back. Lord, we have fun up in here. But y'all get the point. Let it go. Don't be so sentimental. In St. Louis, we real sentimental. Especially by high school. You know, what high school would you go to? What difference did make? I ain't go to high school. They don't care what college you went to. They want to know what high school you went to. To give you clout amongst them. Yeah, but let's go on. Go ahead. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying. Now he coming to the prophet. The prophet is the speaker for God. Prophets speak for God. Priests represent man to God. Get in your mind. Prophets speak for God. Here we go. Read. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commands. Okay. And Samuel was distressed and cried out to the Lord all night. Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, and it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel. And behold, he set up a monument for himself. See, who did he set up a monument for? Himself. himself. A trophy. Mm -hmm. It is kind of funny. The one who disobedient ain't crying. But the one who anointed him is crying. Because he know God don't play. And he kind of know what's about to happen. Okay? A good pastor cries when you disobedient. But he understands that you God's children. And that you gotta they gotta let you follow the course. What I've learned over the time, these seven years, is there's things that God will let me see that He's let me see to be prepared so I won't be so hurt. Or I won't be so amazed. And I just it has to, you know, I have to allow it to happen. Because there's a lesson in it when God jumps back in it and corrects you. There's a lesson. God loves you. He wants to show you lessons. He, he don't want to destroy you no more. 
But we're going to see what happened back then. Thank God for Jesus and the cross and the grace. Because, man, we deserve this. Okay? We deserve what's about to happen. Go ahead. Then turned and proceeded on down to Gilgal. Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. Liar. <laughs> Liar. Pastor, I done done what you asked me to do. Liar. You did what you wanted to do. Pastor, I told you to set up 15 chairs. You didn't set up 10. Why'd you set up 10? Well, you know, I was thinking. What? Right. We had too many chairs the last time. So I set up 10 and we ended up with 50 people up in here. And I'm like, why do you just set up what I set up? And if we got extra chairs, let it be extra. And it's simple stuff like that. It don't have to be earth shattering. You need to be, we read last week in a, in a, in a Matthew. When you are obedient with the small things, God will make you master over the many things. You can't get to the many till you deal with the small. And something like being told to set up 10 chairs is your test on you. Is your test. Something simple as just do this. Well, I think, okay, I hear what you think. I appreciate what you're thinking. Just do this, please. Just please. You know, no, no, no stress. But 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 I'm seeing how well you're willing to humble what you want for, for the good of what the leader may give. And again, if I'm giving something wrong, you're supposed to object. But if it's something as simple as setting up 10 chairs, and you and you know, setting up 15 chairs, and you only set up 10, then that ain't what you're supposed to do. Okay? That's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do as what's asked of you. If it's reasonable, let your reasonableness be known. Ain't that what we have in the New Testament? And I want to say that I want to say in Philippians, let your reasonableness be known. When you're put to a test by your leader, they're seeing how reasonable you are. But sometimes you confuse this loyalty to stupidity being honorable. And it's not. You ain't supposed to stop thinking. You're supposed to weigh it out. Okay? If it goes against your moral character, if it goes against the word of God, you're supposed to reject it right away. Pastor, I can't do that. And you're supposed to tell me why you can't do it. Okay? All right, go ahead. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowering of the oxen which I hear? Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. Hold on, stop. Stop, 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 stop. Who's the king? Saul. Saul. Who did he blame it on? The people. Who's the king? Saul. Who did he blame it on? What kind of leader is he when he blames who's he, what he's supposed to be in charge of on the people that follow him? That's like, that's like me telling you to do something that I'm not willing to do. Or that'd be like me telling you to do something that I'm supposed to be doing. Just because it get hot up in here with something with God, I can't blame you guys. Whatever walk and truth become or not become, it's based upon me. And God going to ask me, now it can't come to an end because God won't come to an end. But still, I'm going to be judged on what I taught you. For whatever time I didn't got you here, that's what I'm going to be judged on. Not whether I preach good, 
Not whether we had programs, not whether we got a nice building. God, like I ain't looking at it. What did you teach the people? Okay? That's what you're going to be judged about. And y'all going to be judged on if you got taught something, why you ain't teach somebody else? You don't just get to sit on it. <laughs> You've been anointed to go forward with this word that's being taught in your capacity. No, you're not going to teach it like me. But you got somebody you can explain the concepts to. These, these, what we're going over is observational concepts. Okay? This is not law, but you just read it. The story is simple. This is not a hard story. All right? Go ahead. But the rest, we utterly destroyed. See, I did what I wanted to do. And guess what? We did it all for God. We say the best for God. God don't need the best. He need obedience. And your best may not be God's best. See, you judging as man judge. You looking at stuff as man do. You back to looking at things in the outwardly. And God is judging Saul's heart. And Saul's heart is a disobedient heart. Okay? Saul's heart is a disobedient heart. I can imagine Saul walking up to Samuel. Hey, what's going on, prophet? Prophet like, what is it out here? Oh, hmm. uh, what? Move. Bam. <laughs> Hold on. Didn't God tell you to destroy everything? But you know, this is what I was thinking. We going to keep the best. The people, no, 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 not we, not we. They decided to keep the best and we're going to go and sacrifice this to God. Ain't that grand? Look at what we're doing for God. Look at what we're doing for God. Let's see what Samuel say. Go ahead. Then Samuel said to Saul, wait, and let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. He said, hold up. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let me tell you what God told me last night about this situation, as they say. Let me tell you what's really going on. Go ahead. And he said to him, speak. Samuel said, is it not true, though you were little in your own eyes, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel? So have you noticed he's just like G Samuel posed a question. Is it not true? That you were, when they made you king, you went hid in the with the coats. You go back to the story. When they made when they made Saul king, he went hid. Because he was he was tall in stature, but he didn't look at himself as being a king. So when they when they made him when they when they said they gonna make him king, they looked around, he, where you go? He gone. Hiding. They had to go get him. Okay? So he said, didn't God, even though you thought yourself being small, I made you king over Israel? And the answer is yes. Who else did he do that who thought, who else in the Bible did God give authority to that thought that they weren't ready? And who else? In the Old Testament, who else? His name began with a G. Joshua? No. no. G. Oh, a G. Gideon. Remember, Gideon was hiding. And when the angel of the Lord came to him, he like, you must be mistaken. That ain't me. Can't you see what I'm doing? I'm, I'm hiding and I'm sweeping. You got the wrong one. But God says in his word in the new in the, in the Paul's gospel, he, he, he picks the debased things to confound the wise. So everybody in this room, he could use. 
Because none of us is as great as we think we are. Praise God. Everybody in here is lowly in spirit and is a sinner. And what God is saying is I use whoever I use so I can get the glory. What is the end of man? To glorify God. What is the best way to glorify God? Pick a nobody and turn him into God somebody. And as a child of God, he did that for you. That whole resurrection and power resurrection that you can have in the Holy Spirit, that was to make you into God somebody. And without God, you still a nobody. Okay? He did that for you. Go ahead. Let's 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 go. Let's get with this dude. And the Lord anointed you king over Israel. Anointed you into assignment. Go ahead. And the Lord sent you on a mission. Uh-huh. Sent you on a mission. Remember? Anointed into assignment. The assignment comes in a mission. You supposed to get to the mission. Quit looking around. Get going. Go. Sent you on a mission. Go ahead. And said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are exterminated. He didn't say, he didn't say dead. He said exterminated. That means as if they've never existed. Completely consumed. Where you can't even tell they was who they were. Like something in the fire. Okay, go ahead. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord? The spoil is the, the good stuff. Why did you rush upon the spoils and take it? You rushed upon it. Matter of fact, you ran and go, you, you rushed upon it. You didn't take your time to gather it. You looked at the good stuff. You just start gathering it up, told the people, go over there and gather it up. We're going to kill them, but we're going to gather this up. Go ahead. Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord. Liar. <laughs> you did. And see, that's what I'm saying. We'll say, I did do what, what the pastor told me to do. Mama, I did do what you told me to do. Daddy, I did do what you told me to do. You told me to clean up my room and make up my bed. And then your mama come in and open that closet and all the junk fall out. And she's looking at you and you like, I did what you told me to do. You didn't tell me not to put the stuff in the closet. <laughs> but but common sense would tell you, son, if I opened up your closet, that the stuff gonna fall out of your room junkie again. So now you gotta start all over again, but before you start, I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> or whoop you. Because you've been disobedient. You tried to be slick. Saul is trying to be slick. Some of you think you slick. Mm -hmm. Some of us think we slick. Yeah. I ain't gonna say you, us. Yeah. We gotta get the slick them out of us. <laughs> Some of y'all so slick, you slicker than well snot. <laughs> nah, well snot is slick. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. And went on the mission on which the Lord sent me. And have brought back Agag, the king of Amalek. He just told him himself. <laughs> look what I've done. The people made me bring back the good stuff. And look at what I did. He going to take credit for the king. I brought back Agag. Okay. You condemning yourself the more you talk. I've watched the Holy Spirit get in somebody. A couple people in this church. And they don't realize they done told on themselves. And I'll be like... Thank you, Lord. I don't want to say nothing. They done told on themselves. And I didn't miss it. 
God prepared me for it. But now you're going to tell on yourself. Thinking you telling me something <laughs> good. Well, you know, I decided to. Mm -hmm. Okay. I bet the Samson is like, mm, mm, mm. this boy done told on himself. Go ahead. And have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Mm -hmm. But the people took some of the spoil. Here we go. Back to the people. Go ahead. Sheep and oxen, the choicest of the things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. So he said, I done took the stuff that you supposed to destroy. God said destroy. And I'm going to take what God don't want and give it to him as an offering. That, don't have, that ain't how this works. Go ahead. Samuel said, Has the Lord as much as delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. So basically, Lord is saying, listen to what I say and do what I say. Don't ask no questions. And if you're going to ask a question, ask me the question. But don't be presumptuous and do what you want to do and then tell me you want to give me a sacrifice from what you've done wrong. Don't tell me that you done went to work and stole some money and you want to give that money to the church. Wow. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that you want to take that money and you want to bless the church with some money you done stole. That, see, that's the kind of stuff people do. That's the, if we're not careful, we end up doing some stuff like that. Don't tell me that you took the stuff from the food pantry and, and, and you're supposed to give it to homeless folk and people that don't want it. And then what you didn't did is kept all the good stuff for yourself and give them the raggedy stuff. Yeah. That goes on in most food pantries. Yeah. The people who work there, take the, especially the church food pantry, they take the good stuff and then let the people get the raggedy stuff. The, you know, they walking out with, 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 with dry goods and you going home with bags of shrimp. You going home with the pork chops. They got the good date on it. You giving them something that expired 25 years ago. And you think you're doing something. See, that's, this is the problem. Saints, we, we, if we're not careful, we can do the same thing with God. And we don't need to do that. If God has given you something to give away, be obedient and give it away. Even if you like it, God can give you more. If you do what God say, God can give you more. You can't beat God giving on anything. That's why we pray to him because he answers our prayers and he answers our prayers exceedingly above, above all we can ask, think, and imagine. Why we, why we praise God because when we praise him, he gives to us even the more. Why do we worship? Why do we study? Why do we glorify God? Because he's such a giver that we could never outgive him in any aspect of our life. Never. We can never be as good to ourselves as God has been to us. Never. We're not tolerant enough with each other to do that. We're not forgiving enough to each other to do that. But God is. And he rewards those who pay attention and listen to him through his word and diligently seek him. All right, go ahead. For rebellion is as the sin of divination. Or witchcraft, you might have. Go ahead. And insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. So when you when you don't do what you're supposed to do, you idolizing yourself. 
what 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 uh, uh the King Saul was doing? Who did he make a monument to? Himself. Himself. Yeah. Who did he say he who did he say kept the king? He did. Mm -hmm. Everything was about him. But he blamed the other stuff on the people. Mm -hmm. All right, go ahead. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. Oh, here we go, the first rejection. Because not because God rejected him just arbitrarily, because he rejected the word of the Lord. Go ahead. He has also rejected you from being king. There we go. First assignment out the box. First assignment. He ain't been king long yet. And his first assignment, he blew it because he would not do as God ordered him to do. How many churches are probably sitting in the United States of pastors and preachers who blew their first assignment? Because Saul don't go nowhere. Saul don't say, you know what? I blew it. Let me step down. No, he's going to double down and hang on. Okay? You just read God has rejected him. All right? And Samuel's telling him this. Go ahead, read. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have indeed transgressed the command of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and listened to their voice. Uh-huh. How many people, how many pastors you know fall into that category? And, and, and again, I understand it as a human being, you, 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 you start looking at your congregation, you start seeing what they want. You figure that if you do what they want, they're going to bring some more people in. But the problem is you're called to represent God to the people. And if as that, you need to be in touch with God. And you need to take the chance and do what God tells you to do. Not what the people necessarily want. Because he describes the people in the New Testament as what? Sheep. Okay? It's not that you're dumb, dumb like a sheep is dumb, but what what what, he, what Jesus is trying to point out to you is sheep have certain qualities, and sheep don't necessarily do the right right thing all the time. They need a shepherd, so the shepherd needs to be in touch with God so he can lead the sheep in the right direction. But he needs to lead with humility, not with orders. He needs to lead by being an example, not by being the Lord over them. Okay. So Saul, Saul messed up. He fessed up now, but you didn't even caught Saul. You, you told him yourself. Okay. I mean, you telling us what you what you already told us. Oh, I sinned against the man of God. What you said, and I sinned against God. He think he's gonna get off. But but what did Saul? What did Samuel just tell him? God has rejected you to be king over Israel. You're done. At that point, I'd have, I'd have said what I had to say then, like Saul did, and I'd have said, you know what? Let me take this crown off. Let me go and be good with the people. Okay, go ahead. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. So now he wants to bring Samuel into his foolishness. I know you the man of God. Can you go with me? Maybe God won't do what he said he's going to do. But just like God said he's going to destroy the Amalekites, he's going to do that to you. He's going to do what he said. You're done. Stick you with a fork. You're done. Go sit down somewhere. Let them people go so they can go find a church they can be in. Let them people go so they can get under some good Bible teaching. Okay? Let them go. It's okay. You had your shot. You messed it up. You got a sign to do something. You got anointed to do it. You got a sign to do it. 
You know history that if I'm by, if I'm for you, who could be against you? And you did what you wanted to do. You got to deal with the consequences. The seeds came up, and the seeds came up, said you rejected as the king of Israel. But what you gonna do? Still do what you want to do, and then you are gonna ask the man of God to follow you, who just told you that you was done. <laughs> Why would I follow you? And I know God has pronounced sentence of you being done on you. I just common sense tell me I don't need to hang around you no more. And and and, uh, and Samuel gonna be like, I gotta go. I'm going back home. Go ahead. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you. Nope. For you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. You rejected God. God rejected you. And no way I'm going to follow you with you. Y'all should think about that when y'all dealing with some people that y'all know that are, are, are straight up rejecting people, rejecting heathens. You got you to gotta understand that. Go ahead. As Samuel turned to go, Saul seized the edge of his robe and it tore. So he's going to grab he gonna grab the man of God. Go ahead. Mm. So Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor who is better than you. Also, the glory of Israel will not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. So God said, ain't no reprieve from this. I already told you what I wanted. Go ahead. Then he said, I have sinned, but please honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel and go back with me. You're like, don't embarrass me. Don't embarrass me. Just come with me. I know I've been rejected. I know that. But please, please come with me. Saul, like, say, I'm going to be like, nope, go ahead. That I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel went Did back. you notice he said, your God, not our God? Mm -hmm. He said that a long time ago. Yep, your God. Go ahead. Let's let you know how detached he was. Go ahead. So Samuel went back following Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Mm -hmm. Then Samuel said, bring me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. Mm -hmm. And Agag came to him cheerfully. And Agag said, surely the bitterness of death is past. He's like, shoot, I'm still alive. Even though everybody else dead, I'm still alive. It's all good. Me, me and Saul buddies. <laughs> Ain't that right, Saul? Saul like, oh, well, uh, uh, man, you told me that if, if I'd be cool, I could sit in your house and we can just chill out together and I will serve you. But you know, you're going to let me live. You told me you're going to let me live. Even though God told you to kill me, you didn't. Thank you, Saul. You showed me mercy. Go ahead. But Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. So, so Samuel took care of what, what Saul should have took care of. The man of God, the prophet of God took care of what the king should have took care of. God will never let his word come back what? Void. If you don't do it, he'll move you out the way and let somebody else do what you're supposed to do. That's why when God has told you to do something, get up and go. Do it like God said. You don't get no modification unless God brings it to you. Okay? Do what God has called you to do. Go ahead. Then Samuel went to Ramah, but Saul went up to his house at Gibeah of Saul. Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death. For Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. So now we go 16 and 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, how will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Stop right there. 
And we know the story from there. But we notice one thing. Saul did not step down. The evil spirit came on Saul. Okay, and Saul literally went crazy to the point where he was near the end. He started, he wanted to consult a witch. See, when you fall out of God's favor, you'll do anything to stay in charge. And he had been fired by God. And he and see, Saul can't fall under. It's one thing to be fired by God. It's another thing not to know you've been fired. Saul knew he was fired because Samuel told him, but he still hung on. And it was to his destruction that he hung on. But it was to David's advantage. And God was in the wings preparing David for the day that he would fight the Goliath. The one representative of the sins of the people that were stronger than the people was Goliath, a Philistine that challenged the armies of God. Just like the Melekites challenged the armies of God back in Moses' time, we have the same thing going on. God had a remedy then and God had a remedy now. God always has a champion. And the champion that he has for us to fight the Goliaths in our life is Jesus Christ. And it's Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory by the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for showing us in a timeline how important it is to obey you. You would rather have our obedience. And sometimes, Lord, we don't understand why you tell us to do something. But Lord, what we're learning as we walk by faith and not by sight, that's an obedient walk. We trust you because you are the God of Israel. You are the God of Jacob, Isaac. You're the God of Moses. You're the God who created the whole earth. And whatever you decree is going to come to pass. And we are your instruments by which your decrees come to pass. So Lord, let us learn to be obedient to the word of God and to the spirit that lies within us. Let us continue to build up the spiritual man that's in us that we may go forth and fight the good fight of faith. But Lord, we know the Goliath that's really in our lives is not the ones that's out here in external. It's not people. It's the Goliath of our own imagination. Saul's Goliath was not Goliath. Saul's Goliath was himself. And because he didn't trust God, he couldn't defeat the Goliath within himself. And if you don't trust God, you won't defeat the Goliath within yourself. name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. If this message has been a blessing to you consider donating on your favorite platform. You can donate by looking in the description box and picking your favorite platform of choice, Venmo, Cash App or PayPal. Continue listening. And your prayers are needed, welcomed and appreciated.